eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. We learned today, today we're recording, it's Wednesday, September 7th, that Al Mazard got stepped on in practice. So, he's questionable. Um, I don't know if they're, like, playing it up, but I I'm confused a little bit about this injury all of a sudden to our wide receiver one who is not practicing in the week leading up to week one. So offenses are already going to look very, very different without Devontae Adams. And then you remove Alan Lazard and I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about that? It's, it's really interesting because you know, the, they released their first unofficial injury report today. And, you know, it was good news because Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari were limited participants. Robert Tunyon is a limited participant. So, you know, not to try and read the tea leaves too prematurely in the week, but it seems like they'll have at least an outside shot to play like we kind of expected them to. Um, And Christian Watson is a full participant, which is really interesting. So I think maybe the expectation before this week was that Christian Watson wouldn't be playing yet. And Alan Lazard obviously was wide receiver one going into that conversation. And now we're not sure if Lazard is even going to play. So if we had to take the same exercise that we had in, uh, I guess, for the defense, as far as who we think will play significant snaps, this to me feels like it could be like the Sammy Watkins game at this point, because I'm not, I'm not ready to, to crown Romeo Dobbs. I think he'll have a ton of opportunities. I think he'll be in kind of with that starting receiving core early, but if Rogers is looking for the guys he trusts and Lazard isn't out there, he's going to go to Cobb and he's going to go to Watkins a lot. I could not agree more. I think first off, I mean, the Packers brought in Sammy Watkins for a reason, right? This is maybe a, a need for him to re kind of resurge his career, but also they had to have seen something in him. And that's been reiterated over and over again throughout training camp from 12 about how much he trusts him, how he sees what he still has left, how he can add to this offense. Maybe he's not like that blazing deep threat anymore, but you know, he's going to get the ball anyway. So like you said, when you, if you potentially are removing Alan Lazard from that equation, you should probably accept, expect Sammy Watkins to be that guy. I hope that it also means that the rookies do get a little bit more playing time than maybe they would have if Lazard was in the game, especially now if Christian Watson is healthy, because I think they deserve that. Um, And I'm sure 
again, based on what Rogers has said about Dobbs and that his expectations are higher based on what he's been able to do in training camp, that he should also get that nod. Um, but I also hope that, you know, we're, we're going to see a lot more Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon on the field. Um, we were doing our family fantasy football draft actually the other night and everyone was talking about what a good get Aaron Jones is going to be this season in fantasy because he's not only going to run, but he's going to be like wide receiver too for the Packers. And I was like, that's such a good point because we know that Rogers trusts throwing him the ball as well. So it's going to look different. I actually think that the Packers will be able to move the ball quite well against this Minnesota defense. Um, they have their usual suspects, right, in um, Danielle Hunter and Eric Kendricks, and obviously we know Zadarius Smith is on this team now, and Patrick Peterson, Cam Dantzler, but they didn't really add anybody that I'm like, ooh, watch out for him. So in terms of like a first game versus for the offense, I actually think that this will be a really, I shouldn't say easy, mediocre testing, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I, I do really like your point about A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I think that they're going to be huge factors. They'll, you know, it wouldn't shock me if, you know, when the stat sheet comes out at the end of the game, they are the two leading receivers, you know, for the offense. I just think that they're going to have really significant yards on the ground and through the air. I think that's, you know, kind of the the Matt LaFleur way for this offense. I think we're going to see a lot of that all season. Um, and hopefully, you know, we're just talking about this and Alan Lazard is able to play, but I think the biggest test, at least where I'm seeing from this Vikings depth chart right now, is kind of the same thing we talked about with the Packers and where we want to see um, that depth, and it's the defensive line. You know, they have Dalvin Tomlinson, who they brought in. Uh, they traded for Ross Blacklock. Harrison Phillips came over from Buffalo. So the front kind of looks different. Yes, Z is in addition to, so he's technically different. But Daniil Hunter is really like the recognizable face as far as the mainstay for that pass rush unit. And, you know, we know the kind of dominant force that he can be. I know all over social media, they're talking about this Darius Smith revenge game and how he felt cited by the the Packers and all that stuff. So I'm sure there's bulletin board material on his, uh, his pregame speech is going to be pretty explosive, but I do think that if the Packers can kind of control the line of scrimmage, then this will be a better game than we're expecting because the secondary doesn't strike fear the way that it used to a couple of years ago when it was Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith and, you know, their, their tandem of CBs. Right. It's so true. I mean, Anthony Harris is now not even on a team um, and Harrison Smith is getting up there. So I like that you mentioned the line of scrimmage because obviously it's still a huge question mark about which starting five offensive linemen are out there for the Packers. So let's say I'm kind of in the conservative camp of I don't think either Bach or Elton Jenkins are going to play. So you're looking at likely Yash, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and or Jake Hansen, Royce Newman. Are we sure? I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and I'm not really sure because the right tackle depth is Elton Jenkins and then Rasheed Walker. But is Rasheed Walker (laughs) going to play right tackle on Sunday? I don't think so. So it it definitely will be interesting. But, hey, at least they have the interior locked up. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the biggest question because I had some of those those same thoughts. You know, Zach Tom we know has taken looks just about everywhere along the offensive line, and right now he's listed as the backup left guard. Have to imagine that he would be one of the first choices to play just about anywhere if there was an injury. So you know, maybe that's just for like the cleanliness of the depth chart. But yeah, yeah I, I'm going to be more optimistic than you maybe, and it's just you know potentially getting my hopes up, but I, I say one of the two will start. Okay. I'm not willing to say who I think it'll be, but <laughs> I'm honestly actually leaning towards David Bakhtari. If one of the two does start. I am I mean, also, I am also. Um, okay. So then you, what put Yash at right tackle? I would, um, but I don't know how comfortable the Packers are with that because it seems like they've really done a lot of development with him at left tackle. You know, I, I just, you know, think back to the 49ers game and I know nobody wants to think about the way that last season ended when we're going into a fresh season, but you know, they had opportunities along the offensive line and they, they shook things up maybe a little too much. And I think that was part of the problem for the offense and the consistency. So I, I guess maybe to me, my preference would be to have Zach Tom play right tackle and have Royce Newman stay at right guard. But you know, we'd have to see what the Packers do. I've said on this show that I think Zach Tom is one of your best five, even, you know, when you've got Elton and David back. So yeah, we'll see though. I think consistency is key this early in the season. Like maybe somewhere down the line after many, many months of practice, you can feel confident trotting someone out in a position that's not really their number one or their area of strength. But week one, I think I agree with you. Don't, don't mess with the order of things. Um, the one thing I will say about this, though, is that Aaron Rodgers has obviously been practicing with this kind of mishmash, hodgepodge offensive line all offseason. So regardless of who's out there, I think he's going to be comfortable behind whoever it is. And if this offseason has been any indication, you know, he's had some say, too, in some personnel decisions. So I imagine he's had a voice in saying, I actually think I feel the most comfortable starting with these guys behind these guys. That's a guess. That's just like something I've been thinking about. Um, but I think especially for week one and just like wanting to be as successful as possible, I think, you know, you might have 12 saying I want this guy out there at this position. And I want, like you said, I want Cobb and I want Watkins and I want Jonesy to use his words. Um, and I want AJ out there with me at least to start. And then you start mixing in all the new pieces. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, if last season is any indicator, Rice Newman to me is a better NFL guard than he is tackle. So the fact that they had him slated in as the starting right guard, I think, you know, for consistency's sake, like you're saying, is probably one of the better alignments for this offensive line. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um, not to completely shift gears, but I am really interested. You know, the more I kind of look at the Vikings depth chart, just thinking about the secondary and how the receivers are going to stack up. We saw Romeo Dobbs in preseason with his ability to get separation and kind of get behind defenders. There's a lot of 
young, there's a lot of youth in, in the Viking secondary. There's Andrew Booth, uh, Lewis Seen, who you and I both really liked in the draft process. And then a Caleb Evans was a fourth round pick. So, you know, you think that, you know, kind of the starting, starting base defense for the Vikings is pretty established. Shannon Sullivan, obviously yeah. most recently with the Packers as their nickel corner. But beyond that, you know, we love, we know that Rogers loves to challenge rookie DBs until they they give him a reason not to. And I think that if his receiving core can get separation, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for these young guys to get tested really early. Definitely. I mean, like I said, the Vikings have a new head coach. They also have a new defensive coordinator. Everything's new for them. So there's not a ton of tape. I mean, you can go back and look. I'm looking at the Vikings defensive coordinator now, Ed Donatel. Um, he spent the last three seasons with the Broncos. So you can go back and kind of look at the style of play that the Broncos have deployed and see how that's going to work in this Vikings um, defense. But you're right. I mean, you're probably not going to target too much Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith if you're looking at just like the vets out there. Um, But Rodgers also knows Chandon Sullivan. He knows his weaknesses. So depending on how much he plays, like that's an area to target. Um, I don't know. I, I think to me, like this front like I would want to see the Packers test this front as much as possible um, and try to run AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, not to be a broken record as much as possible. Um, mostly because you do have a couple of new guys out there um, in the Packers wide receiver core. And if you can start just jamming the ball down this front's throat, I think you can make this day like really, really difficult for the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that I'm, I'm definitely most intrigued by is you know, the Kevin O'Connell effect. And it has less to do with, you know, the the team itself, the Vikings didn't change all that much, but you're taking a really productive offensive coordinator who just won the Super Bowl with the Rams and that explosive offense that had Matt Stafford is a great quarterback, but you know, they had a lot of pieces already. So if Kirk Cousins, you know, the Vikings obviously think that he can be serviceable and you add in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook, you know, O'Connell's got a lot of weapons to work with, So, you know, no disrespect to Mike Zimmer, but he was always a defensive mind, like one of the greatest defensive minds in football. And, you know, it's kind of like the offense suffered from that. So they're bringing in now a guy who is incredibly offensive minded and young. And I think we'll be able to unlock a lot of this offense. And that, you know, could be concerning for the Packers, but I think that they have a better defense than they've maybe ever had to rise to that occasion. I agree. It's interesting you say that because, I was listening to you and I was thinking about how um, if anyone out there listens to Ben Fennell, I, you should be first of all. And he always, he has this kind of thing about calling quarterbacks game managers and how that's not actually necessarily a negative thing. And I think in this instance, like you want Kirk cousins to be the best game manager that he can be, because at the end of the day, you really just want to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers and the Vikings have a lot. And I think that actually O'Connell is the guy. He comes from a scheme right with the Rams and all the way back. Same as Matt LaFleur that kind of knows how to scheme open your best weapons. And when you have a Justin Jefferson, who's, you know, potentially going to be offensive player of the year and a Dalvin cook and Adam Thielen, I think he's going to figure out actually how to tamper back some of Kirk's really bad. Um, what I'm looking for tendency. Yeah. yeah. Decision-making and tendencies and try to like actually get the ball, just get the ball into the hands of the guys who can make the plays, which again, is not something you want. <laughs> you want, you don't want, you want Kirk cousins, you know, throwing you those gimme 
um, picks and and easy interceptions if you're a Packers fan. But it will be interesting, like you said, to know that like this is a completely new like tenure in Minnesota and they have a really young new progressive GM just like I think they're trying to like change the way they view football there and I mean if they're successful it'll translate onto the field but like you said Packers defense is much better to rise to the occasion um yeah and something else I wanted to mention too you know just we're talking about all the the different faces that'll be in uh, the Vikings locker room, obviously Mike Patton as the assistant head coach, Mike Smith, the edge uh, coach, which just stings my heart a little bit, but also wanted to talk, you know, since we're talking about the Packers offense, Adam Stenovich is offensive coordinator. We know Joe Barry going into another year with the team. He's got, you know, even more pieces and weapons. Arguably he was able to bring his guys back. He didn't really lose anything significant in his room, but Nathaniel Hackett, obviously now the head coach of the, the Broncos who, you know, let's ride with Russ Wilson and whatever else is happening um, over in Denver. But, you know, Stenovich, the offensive line guru, maybe that goes into some of the game plan on Sunday, right? He, that's his bread and butter. We'll see kind of what he does, who he thinks the best five are. And I'm curious to see if it has any impact on the run game because we we do know, obviously, it's still Matt LaFleur's offense and he'll be calling the plays and all that. But Adam Senovich, I think, you know, being more vocal and getting more opportunities to really work with the offense um, will go a long way in kind of the preparation for the the running back tandem and the big year we think they'll have. Totally. And already there's differences, right? Because Hackett was up in the booth and Senovich has said he's going to be stay down on the field. Um, I don't know how much that impacts like what you do and what you see and what changes during a game. But I do think it's an interesting note, just like two completely different approaches. Um I trust Stenovich. I think it'll be interesting. I, I don't know how different it will be, like you said, because it's still LaFleur calling the plays. So I think in meetings and in game planning, there's going to be like the Stenovich touch, but I think it'll still very much look like a Matt LaFleur offense. 